So we're reading 42 and 43, and it starts at the bottom of page 567. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I'll go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. This is God's word. Carrie, thank you. Uh, Morning, everyone. If we've not met, uh, my name is Matt Fuller. I'm the vicar here. And um, for regulars of the church family, so we're breaking our normal habit of... um, uh, for the next few weeks of uh, working steadily through books of the Bible, we're thinking topically. Uh, we're thinking topically how to groan well. Um, in other words, uh, what do you do when um, adversities come in life, which they certainly will at some point? How do you cope well? How do you groan well? And you might be sat here this morning thinking, in January, great. Now, that's the point, is we need more help in January. January's harder, right, uh, than most months. And you might be sat here thinking, well, actually, life is brilliant right now. Wonderful. Enjoy it. Never lasts. And uh, he says, and hopefully, perhaps these few will help you sit well with those who are going through uh, tougher moments. But let me pray as we look at this together. Our great God and Father, thank you that you, you don't speak down patronizingly to us, your children. You give us precisely what you need. The Bible is a rich book. It is not superficial. It deals with every season of life. It deals with your people uh, in their pride when all is well. It deals with your people uh, in their sorrow when things are not good. Father, help us. Help us whatever season we're in to hear your word rightly this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So three weeks then, we'll look at um, uh, three psalms, and um, I've sort of had it in mind vaguely in the back of my head to do something like this uh, for a little while, because, well, it's generally good, um, and, uh, but also just societally, um, this seems an increasing issue. So here was the papers on Monday, uh, or a paper on Monday, headline, um, millions more will be, well, excuse me, millions more will claim disability benefits as mental illness soars, spending to rise by 17 billion a year uh, until 2030. And um, the article is just picking up on uh, what's in the press or, or what's uh, in, in the culture at the moment. And uh, depression and anxiety, so I, it goes on to say, are the leading reasons for adults to receive such benefits. I didn't know that. Anxiety, depression are the main causes why disability benefits are given in this country. And uh, as the article, to my mind, sensibly comments, there must be something good in um, uh, uh, some of the stigma around mental health issues being removed. And yet, as the article also says, these numbers are very high. And have we medicalized just things going wrong in life? And how do you discern between those and what do you make of that? And oh, it's a really difficult area. And it is a really difficult area. So before we jump into Psalms 42.3, let me give a, perhaps a slightly longer I- introduction than, than would normally be the case. Just to say, this, um, the Bible gives a very nuanced picture of what we are as humans and who we are as humans and in this, this is lazy language, but in the area of mental health, um, there are certain things, there are numerous things you want to bear in mind. Now, at the risk of being superficial here, you might want to think in three directions, or as a minimum, think in three directions, that we live in a fallen world with fallen bodies, and we have fallen natures ourselves. So we live in a fallen world broken by sin. And so there are external pressures that destabilize us. If you're a Christian believer, or if you're just a human, if you're anyone living in Gaza at the moment, you will be stressed and anxious. You just will, more than living in an island in the Bahamas, in your tropical paradise, whatever it may be. It just... There are just daily anxieties forced upon you. You will be stressed. That's just obvious. If, you're, if you've served as a soldier and known the horrors of war, you are more likely to suffer a debilitating PTSD than if you work in John Lewis. Okay, You just are because of the pressures that have been upon you. If, as a five-year-old, you were attacked and bitten by a pit bull terrier, you are more likely to be anxious around dogs. You just are. If you lived in an abusive relationship for years, you are more likely to be an anxious person. Now, all of those are external things. They're nothing to do with who you are. They're just you've been bent out of shape by individuals or the circumstances of life. So we live in a fallen world. Alongside that, we have fallen bodies. That includes our, our physiology. So yeah, we have fallen bodies, so some people are more likely to break their leg or, or lose their hair or get cancer. Or We have fallen bodies. But a fallen 
physiology, a fallen psychology too in this world. Some people are more prone to anger than others. Some people are more prone to anxiety than others. Some people are more prone to same-sex attraction than others. Some people are more prone to depression than others. That's how individually we're wired. In a fallen world, we have fallen psychologies and physiologies as well. I read one amazing study. Uh, the, uh, the U.S. Army, where they do special forces training, uh, which I you know, failed on many accounts, not being American, that was the main one. Um, uh, but when they do the special forces training, they are now able to predict with extraordinary accuracy who will pass by a blood test. It's extraordinary. Because um, as part of the special forces training, you can do, it's all sorts of physical, acti- I was about physical activities. That sounds like, you, like on a way day, doesn't it? Um, you know, they'll be swimming, and, you know, but you know, obviously it's intense uh, physically. But emotional, they put these men and women under extraordinary emotional, psychological pressure as well. Can you withstand torture? Can you withstand extraordinary conditions? And um, what they've discovered is, if you have a high level of neuropeptide Y in your brain you can withstand almost any pressure. It's a chemical thing. If you have below average levels of neuropeptide Y, there's barely any point you doing this, because you will fail. Is that you failing? Well, chemically, I, I had no chance. Yeah. We're all wired differently, right? We all have different failings, right? It just means in this whole area of handling perhaps stress, someone with a very high chemical neuropeptide Y in their brain will sail through life and say to someone with a very, hey, why are you getting so stressed? It's fine. And it's not because this person is feeble. They're just wired very differently to you. Okay? So we, have, we live in a fallen world. We have fallen bodies. And then we have a fallen nature. Like, there, there's some things we really need to, need to take responsibility for as well, our sin. So, yes, some people are more prone to anger, but sometimes anger comes from a sinful need to control things. And it is just sinful. And some may be more prone to anxiety, sure, but sometimes anxiety comes from a sinful lack of faith. And, look, those three areas, and we could... We could subsection all of them down, and yeah, yeah, if this was a psychology lecture by a Christian academic, yeah, we'd do all that. But at least those three, bear in mind, okay, a fallen world, stuff happens to you. A fallen body, psychology, we're all wired differently with different failings. And then we're sinners, and you've got to take responsibility. And all three are true, and we're really complicated, And so in some, what do you do? How does, what is a Christian response to that? Well, in a fallen world, there is a limit to what you can do. If someone attacks you, you're not culpable for that. Uh, the whole nation struggled with COVID. There's not a lot you can do about that. It's just a fallen world. Stuff happens. But then um, fallen bodies, there are some things you can do about that. So for a number and a number here, medicines really help. 
They really, really help. And life without your medicines would be a lot more complicated, you know. For, you know, less uh, obvious or, or more run-of-the-mill emotional ups and downs, exercise really helps. It is nature's great medicine that most of us would do better from taking more of. It really helps. Diet really helps. Cut out that caffeine, that alcohol, that tobacco, that sugar. Yeah, that sugar. Oh, that sugar. Anyway, um, it really helps. You, everyone tells you that you cut out the cats, as they're called. really helps. So there's some stuff you can do for your fallen bodies. What about our sinful fallen nature? Oh, yeah, that's the one we can do most about. We can do stuff about that. It's not binary. Uh, we'll see in Psalm 42, why are you downcast? Oh, I've addressed my sin. And now uh, all is well. But you can make progress over time. We can do stuff with that. And of course, crucially, this Psalm 42.3 would say, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. You've got to take yourself in hand and say, stop it. So that's what we're doing uh, for three weeks. We're thinking um, about how to groan well. Life has its ups and downs. Life is sometimes very complicated. How will you respond? The Bible would say, yeah, you're going to groan at points. Not all the time, happily. Sometimes you'll be rejoicing. At points, you'll groan. Hopefully, we'll think in three Psalms how to groan well. So today, then, how to hope in God when you're downcast. Uh, Next week, hope in God when anxious, Psalm 27. Uh, And then the last one, uh, hoping God when darkness is your friend in Psalm 88. But today we're in Psalms 42, 3, and um, let's actually get to them uh, without any other delay. Psalms 42 and 3. And let me give you a 1, 2, 3. It's one Psalm, 42 and 43. There's no uh, heading for Psalm 43. Uh, it's one Psalm. Why it's been divided, we don't know. But it's got the same chorus line, if you want, why, you, why my soul are you downcast? It's one Psalm. Other striking things about it, too. There's two moods to this psalm. Did you see that when uh, um, uh, Carrie read it? He's very up and down. John Calvin's comment on this was that the psalmist, he seems to be two opposing people in one. He can go from verse 8. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. I sing a prayer to the God of my life. To verse 9, why have you forgotten me? What? what? I mean, ooh, is he bipolar? What, what's this guy like? Um, what's going on? Uh, I learned a new term. Apparently, you know, cyclothymic is, um, is the new term. I read one commentator on this, which means you're not a medically bipolar, but you're just more up and down than most people in life. Yeah. Whether that's helpful to anyone, I've got no idea. I just like learning new words. Um, and that was the one this week. So he's these two moods within him. And even towards the end, we'll see it seems to be moving in a positive direction. You get to 43 verse 4. God, you're my joy, you're my delight. But he still goes back to verse 5. Oh, but my soul is still downcast. It's very up and down. But then, so is life. And this guy, maybe he's more up and down than many of us. But there's honesty here. 
Uh, one song is in two moods. Three reasons, it seems to me, that he's distressed. And again, we want to hold them all together. He's clearly distressed internally. His soul is downcast. But that's related to external pressures. He's got a lot of people saying, uh, or mocking him. People saying to him, verse 3, where's your God? Verse 10, his foes taunting him, where's your God? So this, he's internally, he's down. Externally, there's all sorts of voices mocking him. But then the third element to it is, um, where's God? God is absent from, from him. And again, it seems those three are working together in this psalm. He's internally downcast because of external pressures, and he can't see God's face in any of this. I tell you what, we're really complicated, us humans. It's a funny mixture of what's going on. Internal mess, the way we're wired, external pressures. We are odd creatures. We're complicated. But the Bible helps us handle that. Okay, let's get into the, some of the detail. Uh, three, there are clearly three stanzas, three verses to the song, and then, then you get these choruses uh, at the end of each stanza. And uh, they're, they're, they're verbose and overlong points, but um, they're meant to capture both his sort of moods in it. So let's work through them. Verses one to five. He's weakened by mockery, and he's strengthened by praise. Okay? He's weakened by mockery, and he's strengthened by praise. So we don't know who wrote this, uh, Psalm 42. It's for the director of music, a math skill. It's a musical term of the sons of Korah. They probably put the tune to it, but someone else has written it. Is it David? We don't know. But verses 1 and 2, he's intense here. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God, or you could translate that. Where could I go and see the face of God? He thirsts for God, but the only water he's got is verse three, his own tears. My tears have been my food, day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? I think of the two seasons where I've been low, I'm not sure depressed is quite right, but certainly low, and... Um, it's funny as it is, irritability, uh, an inability to enjoy much in life. But golly, tears. They just wouldn't stop, the tears. We don't know quite what he's going through, but clearly people are mocking him for it. He's having a hard time. Well, where's your God? So you're, meant to be, you, so you're, you're a believer, and you're meant to have a God looking after you. Well, where is he? Where is he? Hey? What a joke. Your faith is... That, of course, is an obvious point. But if you're surrounded by a lot of people saying, your faith is daft, your faith is stupid, that'll affect you? It just will? If it's friends, much more intense if it's family members, that'll affect you? It'll affect your spirits? Then he looks back. And um, verse 4, these things I remember. 
as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Now, on one hand, I wonder, there's a sort of bit of there's pain to this. Oh, look, yeah, it was better then, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember the good times. On the other hand, though, I wonder if he's starting to look forward as well. Certainly by the end of the psalm, he's going to be looking forward to uh, gathering again with God's people. And again, he's just remembering the obvious, I hope, certainly if you're a Christian point, isn't it encouraging to gather together? Don't you find yourself lifted by singing together? Don't you find yourself encouraged by gathering praying, listening collectively, corporately to the Bible, resolving together? Well, yes, the Bible would expect that would be the case. And so he speaks to himself, verse 5, and we'll come back to that uh, chorus at the end, but why, you, why my soul are you downcast? Okay, so he's, he's weakened by mockery and he's strengthened by praise. The second little stanza, verses 6 to 11, he's, he's in bodily danger and he prays to the God of his life. So verse 6, he seems to take up the, the language of the chorus, but now addresses the Lord. My soul is downcast within me, verse 6, therefore I'll remember you. From the lands of the Jordan to the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Now that's in the far north of the country. So he's far away from Jerusalem. He's far away from the, t- the temple where he'd gather and worship as he's remembered in verse four. What's he doing in the far north of the country? We have no idea uh, quite what's going on. Worth remembering, of course, that loneliness often leads to being downcast. You move to a new city, you move to, away from people you know, existing friendship networks. That's a dangerous time. Throw yourself into gathering with God's people. Throw yourself into meeting people but he's a long way away. And he's very distressed, verse seven, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. And most of us in the 21st century and certainly city centre London think, oh, lovely, a waterfall, Mm, nice. Um, That's a beautiful thing, Niagara Falls, whatever it may be. But of course, in Hebrew thought, the sea is scary, it's a place of danger. This language, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. You get the precise language in Jonah chapter 2 when he's drowning. Here is a man who says, it feels emotionally, my, I've lost my footing. I've fallen and the waves are just coming over and they're coming over and they're coming over and I, I can't get my breath. Is where he's at emotionally. And then verse 8. Well, by day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. I sing a prayer to the God of my life. And we read it and go, what? I mean, you're all over the place. You're very up and down, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Because that doesn't last long. Because verse 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in mourning, oppressed from the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony my fo- as, as my foes taunt me, saying to me all the day long, where's your God? Where is he? Okay, there's lots we don't know here. Well, has he got some illness? 
his bones in such torment? Accident? Wait, we've got no idea quite what's happened. And yet, in this sort of ebb and flow, look, I feel like I've lost my footing, waves are crashing over me, but I still pray through the night. So, and, but God, you've abandoned me, and yet, it's amazing. Still, he can say in all this, verse 7, your waves have broken over me. God, I, I'm having a miserable time, but, but it's, it's in your world. You're in control of this. He can still say, verse 9, I say to God, my rock, the one I trust, why have you forgotten me? You see, this sort of, his experience says, life is miserable and you've been abandoned. His faith says, I know that's not right. I know that's not right. And, and both are going on in him at the same time. This sort of up and down and, and, and wrestling and back and forth. One commentator puts it, he's a, he's a man of conviction and a creature of change. He's both. The Christian poet, uh, Minister George Herbert, 17th century, he may not be your favourite, your he may not like his oeuvre, but um, he captured this well, I think, in his poem. I think we got that, Jason. Um, his poem. Oh, my dear angry Lord, since you do love yet strike, cast down yet help afford, I will do the like. God, you're my Lord and my dear Lord, and I know you love me and yet you strike me. You, you, I get low, but you sustain me. Uh, well, I'm going to respond in two ways too. I'll complain, yet praise. I'll bewail, yet approve. And in all my sorrow, sweet days, I'll lament and I'll love you. And the writer of Psalm 42, 43 would say, I'm with you, George. Sometimes you just do both, right? You say, what on earth are you doing? And I'm still trusting you. And whoa, I don't know about that. And that's life. So he's in bodily danger and he prays to God of his life and it finishes verse 11. That stanza again, why my soul are you downcast? And third time round in chapter 43, one to five, he's threatened by the wicked and he trusts that he'll praise God again. Now this stands, I think the, the, the opponents seem even more obvious. So uh, verse 1, chapter uh, four, Psalm 43. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. Another question for God in verse 2. You are God, my stronghold. Why? Why must I go about mourning? Why have you rejected me? I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy. Why? And then you get the optimism again, verse 3. Uh, send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where I dwell. Then I'll go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I'll praise you with the lyre, O God my God. So a lot more optimism again. He's looking forward to gathering with God's people, praising God once again. When you're low, 
it's very tempting to avoid people because you don't want the dreaded question, how are you? To which you say, fine. You know, that's particularly if you're sort of competent, professional, fine. As uh, one writer put it, fine. Yeah, we all know what that means. Feelings internal, not expressed. That's what fine <laughs> means. You know, it'd be good to ban that word, really. How are you? Actually, I've had a really great week. And I'm um, sorry if you haven't, but I've had a really great time this week. How are you? Well, I've had a really bad week. Well, at least you'll be honest, wouldn't it? But how are you? Fine. Um, so let me just ban that. Um, unremarkable, maybe that's all right. Uh, a few things good, a few things bad, but, you know, but fine is just sort of... Um, when you're low, it can be easy to try and avoid people. And the writer would say, don't do that. Don't disobey the Scriptures. You know, a classic Hebrews 10, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Gather. You've got to gather together. The Bible, <laughs> when God's people gather, it is so encouraging. The Spirit is most obviously at work amongst us as we gather together. Don't separate yourself from a place of God's grace. So, when he gathers, he can again say, I'll go to the altar of God, my joy, verse 4, my delight, verse 4, my God. And you think, ah, brilliant. He's worked his way through it and uh, all is well again. And then you're back to the chorus. My soul, why are you downcast? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. He's up and he's down. Okay, a couple of things to take away, if I may, to suggest. He talks to himself and he knows that, well, that's not right. He talks to himself, and we know that Jesus was overwhelmed, but sought strength. Psalm 42 and 43, as we read them today, I think they encourage us to take both aspects of our existence seriously. We, we live in a world which has wonderful times and hard times, and we're going to a better place. We're looking forward. There are times of distress, external pressure, internal collapse, and faith says, I will cling to my God, and I'll know better times. The Christian says, ultimately, in heaven. Obviously, I think the, 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 the chorus that comes three times is the most striking aspect of this psalm. It's not normal in the psalms for the psalmists to talk to themselves. That is unbelievably rare. Um, they talk to God. But we have to do it sometimes. We live in a fallen world. Stuff happens. We're all wired differently, a fallen psychology. But we're sinners, and sometimes you've got to say, hey, stop your, stop your moaning. Sometimes. Don't hear that latter without the other two. But sometimes you've got to hear that as well. You and I cannot control all our emotional responses but we really can affect them. This side of heaven, while we have a fallen body and a fallen psychology, we can't control all our emotions, but we really can affect them. 
and over time refine them, see them in this life become more like Christ, our anger, our anxiety, whatever it may be. We can affect them. And so this guy speaks to himself and says, I'm going to stop it. I'm not just going to say victim. I'm not just going to say sufferer. I am going to say I am suffering, but that does not define me. I will trust in God. In a famous book, um, Martin Lloyd-Jones didn't write many books apart from his commentaries, but um, his famous book is called Spiritual Depression. I reread it before Christmas and it reminded me it's actually nothing to do really with depression uh, by the first couple of chapters. It's just a really good book on the Christian life with a terrible title. Wouldn't be the only Christian book that's um, in that category. But when he does comment uh, early on in the book on, on Psalm 42, 43, he does so in quite a famous section. And uh, Jason, we may have that. The main art in the matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must ask your soul, why are you downcast? What business have you to be disquieted? You must say to yourself, hope thou in God, instead of muttering in this depressed, unhappy way. And then you must go on to remind yourself of God, who God is what God has done, and what God has pledged himself to do. Defy yourself. It's a great phrase, isn't it? And say with this man, I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalms 42 and 3, they're a reminder, this is a complicated world, and at times you will be downcast, and at times there will there'll be external things that you could do nothing about. And don't be passive in those times. Speak to yourself. Okay. Fallen world, fallen body, you may need medication to help. And speak to yourself. Stop listening to yourself and talk to yourself. Listen to helpful music. Put today's songs on a spotless Spotlist, Spotify playlist. Call it a spotlist. There we go. Um, we abbreviate everything. Do that. Sing if you can. Listen if you can't. But don't be passive. You have to know that the future is better. Ultimately, for the Christian believer, that is beyond this life. There'll be ebbs and flows in this life, but ultimately, it's beyond. Psalm, excuse me, verse two again. Where can I go and meet with God? You could equally translate it. When can I go and meet with the face of God, see the face of God? When shall I go and see the face of God? And that ultimately is the hope of every Christian believer, that you'll see his face. Number six, the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. Job 19 I know that my Redeemer lives and I will see him. Matthew 5, blessed are the pure in heart, they will see 
God. 1 John 3, we know that when Christ appears, we'll see him as he is. 1 Corinthians 13, now we see better reflection, then we shall see him face to face. You'll see God. I think in the Bible that means you'll see Jesus with your eyes and you'll see Father, Son, and Spirit with the eyes of your heart. You'll see God. How can I see the invisible God? You can see God face to face, the Scriptures would say. You've got to look forward. And know also that the one who takes you there is Jesus, who was overwhelmed but sought strength. I take it that when Jesus was growing up as a, as a, as a child in, in Nazareth and then in his teenage years and his 20s as he was a carpenter, and as they worked their way through the book of Psalms, he didn't get to Psalm 42 and 3 and say, well, I can't sing that. Can't sing that one. Because I'm always like, I'm Jesus. Um, so I don't sing Psalm 42, 43. Because when you get to the Garden of Gethsemane in, and Matthew 26, he says, my soul is downcast is what he says. You translate it downcast or overwhelmed with sorrow. That's up to, but it's the same word. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, says Jesus. And of course, because in this language of Psalms 42 and 3, he lived amongst a sinful, unbelieving generation that taunted him so that you could see his face. He was oppressed by enemies so that you could see his face. His bones suffered mortal agony so that you could see his face. He was forgotten, forsaken by God, so that you could see his face. This life will have ups and downs. All of us here are wired differently and will respond differently to the ups and downs of life. Don't Project yourself onto others. But also Psalm 42.3, don't just be a sufferer. Even as you suffer, take yourself in hand and say, why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God. I'll see him face to face. Let's pray together. Father, we are complicated creatures, bent out of shape by this fallen world. All of us wired differently in a fallen world. We have fallen bodies that go wrong in different ways, fallen psychologies which go wrong in different ways. And Father, then there are our own sinful responses. We're funny old creatures in this now fallen world. But Father, you love us. Part of your love for us is in giving us these scriptures to help us navigate the ups and downs of life. And supremely, you've loved us in the Lord Jesus Christ who came and endured this fallen world, was united to human flesh. Could say that he's overwhelmed to the point of sorrow and did it all for us. Father, we praise you for him and we look forward very much. Keep us looking forward to seeing him face to face, we pray. Amen.